and bring your shame. Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. And uh, if you're watching on uh, Facebook or YouTube or uh, Periscope, one of those, um, we just recorded it real quickly with uh, Ken Ham. I had him for 30 minutes, and we're, we're doing two shows in one day today. So my, my guest now is Nicole Strickland. Her website is authornicolestrickland.com. She is the founder and director of the San Diego Paranormal Research Society. She serves as the team's EVP specialist. If you don't know what that is, you'll find out here soon. And historical locations case manager. In 2008, she published her third book about the Queen Mary, titled The RMS Queen Mary, Voices from Her Voyages. And that shares stories, sailing stories, accounts, and memories from former ship crew, passengers, World War II veterans, and war brides. Also in 2018, she wrote San Diego's Most Haunted, the Historical Legacy and Paranormal Marvels. So she's a, a San Diego local. Thanks for being on the show today, Nicole. Thank you for having me. What an honor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited because this is the first time I've ever had somebody who does paranormal paranormal research on the show. <laughs> wow. So, so, Always uh, a first for everything, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so very exciting. Yeah. But anyway, why don't we start off with sharing with our guests, um, how did you even get interested um, in studying paranormal activity and these sorts of things how did you how did that start absolutely well i've always had an interest in it ever since i was a child so growing up i was born in huntington beach california and then i moved to las vegas for a few years and so as a young child the house that we had was i would say a little bit on more on the haunted side always had interesting experiences there my parents were very open to my experiences i think at times because i was four and five years at that time they probably thought, oh, she's having like an imaginary friend, so to speak. But now that I'm older and I've been doing this sort of research for many years, I have come to surmise that I was probably communicating with energies that were um, on the land at that time. Okay. So uh, I've always had an interest, you know, going through my elementary, middle, and high school years. However, during this my senior year in college, while I was attending the University of Arizona, my mom's mom, so my maternal grandmother was diagnosed with congestive heart failure. And so she died, passed away my senior year. And so what it's an interesting story. The night before she passed, she contacted me in the afternoon and she just wanted to ask me, she said, sweetheart, are you okay? And I thought that that was kind of odd. It was a random question. And I said, yes, grandma, I'm fine. You know, I'm busy with college and my studies and working. I'm fine. And I, because I had a lot of classwork. I kind of rushed her off the phone. And then the next uh, morning, my mom called me. And when I answered, she said, Nicole, I love you so much. And I knew at that point, I'm like, okay, what happened? And so she proceeded to tell me that my grandmother, her name was Helen, passed away early in the morning. And I was devastated, just devastated. It was extremely close to my grandmother. And so I booked the next flight out to San Diego and to be with the family my grandmother didn't really have any uh, services per se. It was just a very quiet time for the family. And so I spent the weekend there in San Diego, then went back to Tucson, Arizona, where the University of Arizona is based. And this didn't start right away. I would say a few days after I started uh, hearing sounds in my apartment, uh, mainly the doorknob to my bedroom and my front door to my apartment started rattling of its own volition. And I thought, oh, it's vibration caused from my neighbors. I was trying to investigate to see if I could come up with an explanation, and I couldn't, and I didn't really connect the dots at that time. 
couple days later, I was on my bed doing classwork, and I felt a disembodied hand, meaning I didn't see the hand at the time, but I felt the hand touch my face, and it felt as if it came from someone that I knew and loved, someone that was very close to me. And at that point, I started to connect the dots, and I started to question, okay, is my grandmother here in spirit form? So needless to say, a couple more days passed. Again, I was in my room doing studies when I noticed movement out of my left peripheral vision. And when I looked, I saw my grandmother standing over near where my closet was in my bedroom, full-bodied, just as if you're looking at me or me looking at you. She was adorned in one of her favorite uh, house dresses that she used to like to wear. She looked about 10 years younger, a little bit more robust because she had lost a lot of weight when she got older. And she just stood there with a slight smile on her face and then demanifested right before my eyes. And the experience was so profound that I called my mom to tell her about it. And my mom, Norma, and I uh, agreed to openly talk with Helen and let her know that the family's okay. Uh, she's free to move on wherever that is. Um, so, and then after that, after our talk with her, those experiences that I had dissolved. I didn't have them anymore. And so it was just such a profound experience for me. And that one experience is what catapulted me into active investigation of the paranormal realm. So I've been a paranormal researcher for about 20 years now. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah. You know, um, for our listeners, you know, this show is a, it's a Christian apologetic show. And so I have people from all walks of life with all different opinions on the show. Uh, I've had uh, Buddhists on the show. I've had Muslims on the show. I've had uh, atheists on the show. And and um, so how would you classify yourself, uh, Nicole, as far as from a, a religious or a spiritual standpoint? Where, where do you um, fall on that spectrum? I would say more for me, I'm more along the lines of a spiritualist. Okay. I do believe that there is a greater good. Yeah. You know, I kind of, I, I have a very strong belief in, in universal consciousness and um, universal collective consciousness. So I would say more along the lines of a spiritualist. However, you know, I did go to, when I was younger, I did go to Catholic school. And okay. so a lot of my family is is of the Catholic religion, but sure. I don't necessarily adopt that. I'm more or less just more of a spiritualist. Okay, gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. So for those of you listening, you know, from a from a Christian perspective and and why I love talking to people with different perspectives and these sorts of things is because it's important to understand where people are coming from. We all have different life experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as I'm sure you know, um, Nicole, uh, Christians in the Bible has a lot to say about the spiritual world and and uh, whether there's an interaction with uh, evil spirits or good spirits like angels and these sorts of things. Absolutely. So as we, uh, as a Christian, as I study these issues, I actually just went through a unit with my students talking all about this this sort of thing. Interesting. Yeah. And so um, at, a, at a Christian high school. And so we're trying to formulate our thoughts in a way that is accurate, right? It's true to reality. And we go, hey, what, what is this here? You know, we're, we're puzzling it out and we don't all know. And so right. you decided to take initiative and go, hey, I want to get to figure this out uh, more. I want to understand this better. Right. Yeah. And so that, that has taken you down a path where you've actually um, become an expert uh, in San Diego on a lot of the different houses that have uh, claimed to be haunted and these sorts of things. I wouldn't say expert per se, more of a, more along the lines of a specialist. Okay. I, I, this is more of a personal belief for me. I don't think because of the paranormal realm, ghosts and spirits, 
because they're not scientifically proven. Mm. I mean, we haven't proven that ghosts exist. We well, have. Various- and why is that? It seems like the amount of um, uh, experiences that people have had with this that there'd be some way to, uh, you know, sp- scientifically verify things. You know? I think that we're if we. I'm. I'm not sure if we're ever going to know exactly the what, when, why, and how of ghosts and spirits. I think that uh, the paranormal realm might remain elusive, but because the field is so popular and more and more paranormal researchers are, are coming to the forefront and trying to examine this phenomenon and to see if we can get closer to proving. You know, I'm not sure if we're going to ever be able to prove, but there are various theories that myself and my other colleagues have developed as to ghosts and spirits and haunting. So mm. we have those, and we're currently testing those and developing new hypotheses, but Right now, it's just an, we don't know exactly yeah. what ghosts and spirits are. I mean, you know, everyone has their, their own belief, and I have mine, of course, but it's, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, I had a friend in high school who um, she had a lot of uh, kind of supernatural experiences where um, she would see people sitting on the edge of her bed. And, wow. Uh, sometimes she was very fearful of it, um, and, uh, you know, just a lot of trauma really surrounded it. Of and then, course. And then I have even students that have said, hey, I've gone through this or I've gone through that. And so um, I have my own ideas based on what the Bible teaches about, mm-hmm. okay, here's what's probably going on. Um, and I, I actually dealt with a kid where uh, I don't really want to call it an exorcism because I, I wasn't – I don't think of myself as a qualified exorcist or anything. But we definitely had a spiritual experience where he said there was somebody that was actually coming, would physically choke him and do just – uh, it was just a, a bizarre experience. Um, wow. And so when I when I saw that happen, for me, this whole spiritual world took on a, a whole new light because I thought, oh, my goodness, this is very serious. It's very real. There's right. stuff going on here. And, um, you know, I, I then wanted to spend more time understanding, okay, what is happening here? Um, so uh, my guest today is Nicole Strickland. Stay with us. We're going to talk about some of the experience she's had over 20 years She's been exploring this, studying it, doing her best to apply scientific rigor to it. Um, And so we're going to hear some of her stories and what her theories are about what's going on in the spiritual world when it comes to hauntings and these sorts of things. So I hope you enjoy the show today. Uh, You can wave to the camera, Nicole, and uh, we'll be right back. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. Six one nine two 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 zero seven sixty six. Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's educateforlife.org. And if you're listening on YouTube or on uh, Periscope or Facebook or wherever, 
You can check out all the different shows that I have up there. I have all kinds of amazing shows, uh, listening to people from all over the world uh, talk about their life experiences and talk about their spiritual experiences and these sorts of things. And uh, I, I also teach a full course. If you uh, want to get a better Christian education, you want to learn more about the Bible, there's a great opportunity on my website, all kinds of resources there that will help you uh, become more informed about what the Bible teaches about life and reality and psychology and everything else you can imagine there. So thanks for being with us today. My guest today is Nicole Strickland. Her website's author, NicoleStrickland.com. And she's a great resource for you if you want to check out all things uh, regarding paranormal activity and stuff. She's been doing this for 20 years, and she has some great books out uh, about places that are uh, particularly considered haunted. For example, um, she has a book, RMS Queen Mary, Voices from Her Voyages. Also, she wrote San Diego's Most Haunted, The Historical Legacy and Paranormal Marvels. So uh, she's a local here in San Diego. And uh, Nicole... Why don't you talk to us a little bit about um, some of your experiences or some of the highlights of what you do as far as, you know, checking out these different houses. And you were talking about how you and your team actually, uh, this isn't, you, you told me all fair, it's not ghost hunting uh, per se. Can you give us the difference between ghost hunting and what you do? Absolutely. And this is more along the lines of, of my opinion and my team's opinion of the term ghost hunting. Not, not that there's anything wrong with the term ghost hunting. Sure. But there's a different psychological mindset between those that claim to be ghost hunters and those that claim to be paranormal researchers. Ghost hunting implies more or less of a thrill-seeking nature. So not really wanting to delve into the adjunct research that we as researchers do, geolo- uh, geological, archaeological, historical, talking with a lot of eyewitnesses. There are a lot of hours that go into a case study. So those that are just out for thrill-seeking may not want to devote those hours, whereas uh, myself, my team, and many of my other colleagues, paranormal research implies more of the serious uh, approach to the study of the paranormal phenomenon. So we spend hours reviewing data talking to eyewitnesses, interviewing clients, uh, doing a ton of historical research because the paranormal and history are considered pretty much best friends. You really can't have one without the other. So, and a place may be have paranormal activity, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's haunted. But a place that's haunted is going to have paranormal activity. So with the haunting, more or less, there has to be some sort of historical tie to that location. So this, my team is the San Diego Paranormal Research Society. I founded it in 2009, and we've worked really hard, and we're one of San Diego's premier teams. And we approach the field both kind of with a scientific approach and with an intuitive metaphysical approach. So we use our intuition. We use various tools of the trade, environmental monitoring devices, uh, divining rods, certain crystals, pendulums, that sort of thing. So we run the whole gamut. It gives us a more holistic approach, but we do specialize in private residence cases, historical cases, and business cases. So we've done many of those. So do people call you up and say, hey, I'm, I think that my house might be haunted. Can you come check it out and tell me what's going on? Absolutely. We have our website, sandiegoparanormalresearch.com, and we have an investigation request form on there. So we, if someone emails us or through word of mouth or they contact us, we we uh, divert them to the website, and then they fill out that questionnaire. Once that's uh, sent to us, then we arrange a phone meeting where we talk a little bit more about their answers and get a little bit more of an 
in-depth idea of what's going on. At that point, we will then schedule a pr- what's called a preliminary, where we go to the home or business, um, if you will, and we'll go on a walkthrough with uh, the owners or renters, whoever they may be, and we'll develop a, or write up a case map of where a lot of the hotspot areas are, hotspot meaning where they're having the paranormal activity and the location. We'll take a lot of baseline photography, uh, some baseline environmental monitoring just to get a little idea about the location. And then we do a full client interview, not just with the client. If they're eyewitnesses, we will interview them separately to avoid bias and power of suggestion. And the client interview is very, very important. And that can take somewhere up to like two to three hours. Many different questions are asked. And so at that point, then we'll decide collectively if if an investigation is warranted. A lot of clients just want peace of mind. They Mm. just want to know that they're not crazy. Crazy, yeah. Right, so that's a common theme. Also, I mean, some like many of our cases, people may have weird sounds that occur in their house, or maybe the electricity is off a little bit, so it may not necessarily warrant an investigation. It could be that there's a plumbing issue or that they need their electrical lines checked, that sort of thing. But a lot of times it's it's more or less validation, but it's very rewarding work. Yeah. Now, um, when you first got into this, I mean, I can imagine if, if I had gotten involved in this, I would be a little nervous and a little scared at times. Was there any times like uh, that you've been like, whoa, this is a little scary. It's getting in a direction I don't want to go or... A couple of times. I mean, for me personally, the spirit realm doesn't scare me. Mm. I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years, and I've never had anything malevolent or evil come my way. Uh, My co-director, her name's Allie Schreiber. She couldn't be here today. Uh, But her and I kind of are of the same opinion in this regard. We feel that, you know, the majority of ethereal energy that's out there, whether we're dealing with earthbound energies or spirits, or angels or elementals, most of them are are benign. Mm. They're they're loving, they're curious. They don't fall into that malevolent category. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying that malevolence doesn't exist, but in our experience, we've never really had an experience with that. And we do believe that when you are working in this field and you are communicating with the ethereal realm, what you put out, you get back. So okay. if you put if you and what one of our hallmark. Uh, core values is respect we go into a location and we respect that location and we treat not just our clients but the location but we treat the energies with reverence i don't care what that person did in life that person's gone now Mm. and you go a long way with respect but i have had a couple of cases where i've a couple locations where i've gone where i've kind of felt a little nervous i just like i'm not welcome there mm-hmm. so in that case i'll i'll leave okay yeah but it's it's very rare i i've never really come across anything really like scary or, or malevolent okay yeah. okay now is there any crossover between what you're doing from a spiritual perspective as far as um you know your metaphysics and mm-hmm. and how your your theories about how things work in the spiritual realm um, is there any crossover from your view and say, uh, you know, like a biblical view or a, a Christian view? Do you have, do you believe in uh, angels? Do you believe that um, the ghosts are primarily people that used to be here? Or what are the different um, entities and metaphysical beings that exist as, as far as you uh, you think? Oh, absolutely. There's We have different classifications, theoretical classifications mm-hmm. for, for what energies are. 
there is a, a difference between a ghost and a spirit. So for us paranormal researchers, if we're talking about a ghost, we're talking more or less about an earthbound entity. So that earthbound entity, for whatever reason, has not is has passed on but hasn't really reached the spirit level decides to stay on this plane of existence for whatever reason maybe by choice maybe there's some unfinished business it it i don't know it could be many different reasons a spirit on the other hand is someone that has passed but has been able to evolve to that higher dimension and so a spirit can come back to our plane at free will whenever he or she decides so ghosts and spirits are the most common. Uh, and of course, yeah, I do believe in angels. I do believe in, in extraterrestrials and that sort of thing. There's uh, different elemental classifications. There's uh, what we call crisis apparitions. Uh, theoretically, those are uh, when people have sightings of those, they, they see someone that has, is either one about to pass or has recently passed. So there's all kinds of different classifications, but more or less what we deal with is the ghost and spirit um, classification. Okay, fantastic. Well, we're coming up on another break here. My guest today is Nicole Strickland, and she has been working on paranormal paranormal research here in San Diego as as well as a variety of other places for about 20 years. She's got a bunch of books on them. uh, And you can check her out at authornicolestrickland.com if you're interested in checking out the books. And uh, her group also uh, is open to being contacted. If you have, if you think, hey, I want to check out if something's happening in my home, uh, if you if you're experiencing some sort of paranormal uh, activity, um, you can look her up and check it out, and um, they'll be happy to come out and uh, decide what or help you figure out what's going on. So stay with us. I'm going to ask her lots more questions. We're going to have a, a great discussion here, and uh, we'll be right back. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 730 to 530, and Saturdays, 730 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. Hey, thanks for being with us today. This is Kevin Conover. I'm your host. You're on Educate for Life Radio. And we are airing here in San Diego on KPraise FM 106.1 in North County, as well as AM 1210 here in San Diego. We're also all over the web. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube, uh, uh, Facebook, wherever we are, you can, you can check us out. And I have a, a great discussion happening here with Nicole Strickland. She is the author of RMS Queen Mary, Voices from Her Voyages, as well as San Diego's Most Haunted, The Historical Legacy, and Paranormal Marvels. And I wanted to ask you, um, Nicole, um, share with us, share with our listeners some of the 
most um, significant significant experiences you've had over the past 20 years that for you were really amazing. You know, I, I interview a lot of different people on the show and atheists, a lot of atheists are materialists. So they'll say something like, you know what, there's no such thing as ghosts. If I can't see it, hear it, touch it, feel it, smell it, then it doesn't exist. And so... Um, you know, what you're doing, in a sense, confirms that, hey, there's a spiritual world out there that's beyond our normal senses. And right. um, what what would you say to somebody who says that, who says, no, there's none of that out there. There's no there's no supernatural things. And then what experiences have you had, which for you are just overwhelmingly compelling that uh, this is the truth? Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, in, in the field, we separate cynics from skeptics. And I think that with every researcher, it's important to have a healthy dose of skepticism. You want to go into a location with an open mind. You don't want to go in with a cynical type of mind. So a cynical person would say, oh, yeah, no, you know, nope, I don't believe in anything. They could have a full-bodied apparition appear in front of them, and they would still try to debunk it. They would still not believe. And that's fine. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. In in my res- in my 20 years and beyond of doing this work, I've had many, many compelling encounters at many different locations. The, one of them that's very near and dear to my heart is the RMS Queen Mary historic ship up in Long Beach, California. And I've been de- uh, devoting the last 15 years to not only historical research of the liner, but paranormal research. So some of my most uh, compelling, profound encounters have occurred there. I mean, I've seen full-bodied apparitions. I've seen shadow phenomena. Um, there are a couple entities on board that are documented uh, deceased crew members. I've seen those individuals uh, as full-bodied apparitions. Uh, we have... Uh, now, are you able to get any document, like a video footage of these, or do they not show up on video, or how does that work? Sometimes you can. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's rare to capture something on photo or video visually. Yeah. It, audio is a little bit more prolific in that case, but we I have many different audio captures of of what I can't explain. Um, Are these the, like audible voices speaking? Or? Yeah, there's we there's two different uh, classifications. Well, there's three, actually. We have what's called EVP phenomena, so that's electro- electronic voice phenomena, and that's a word or phrase or a sound that is not heard at the time of recording, but when you go back later on and review your audio, you do hear something. Why is that? Why is it that you can't, is it just because our ears can't pick it up or something? If or? I were to sit here and say I have an, an, an absolute answer for you, I'd be a fraud. We don't know. Yeah, okay. We, we don't know. It's theorized that entities are able to somehow manipulate the electronic recording devices. It, it just, we don't really know. It's mm. just something that's just remained, it, it's just elusive. Yeah. Then uh, a disembodied voice, like earlier when I was talking about um, the disembodied hand that I felt on my face, a disembodied voice is a word or a phrase that you do hear at the time of recording that may or may not be captured on an audio or video device. And then we have another uh, experimental uh methodology that we use which is instrumental transcommunication which is kind of like a cousin to evp and avp but it's more real-time communication between the living and the deceased so if you've watched some of the ghost shows on television they use various devices called spirit boxes Mm. and those can scan the am and fm bands of a radio at a super high 
rate, and it's theorized that energies can manipulate the frequency of those devices and and communicate. And so we've had... So is there a barrier between us being able to communicate them just like you and I are doing right now, but but because of the frequencies, some, there's a reasoning that somehow they're able to, to get through in that way? We, you know, again, it's just we don't know exactly how they're able to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I really wish, I mean, that's something that we're trying to research. I wish I had a definitive answer, sure. but it's, I mean, we have some compelling audio. Uh, one location up here in Vista, California, the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, Ali and I are the uh, co-hosts to the Spirits of the Adobe tours there, which are fundraising tours for the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. We've been doing those for eight years, as well as our own private research there. And we have some very profound, historically relevant ITC spirit box captures that are pretty much that verify some of the historical information regarding the property. I mean, these are with with ITC, with spirit boxes, you don't want to have to strain trying to listen to words coming through. It has to be a very profound word or phrase that everyone can hear that is historically relevant, meaning that it, it correlates to the questions we're asking or it answers or correlates to a piece of history of that location. Mm. So um, it's very interesting. We have many of those from there, um, as well as the Queen Mary and and some other locations as well. But uh, a lot of people like to dismiss personal encounters because there's they don't really classify as tangible evidence. And I and I understand that to an extent. But a personal, I I believe that a personal encounter is just as important as an anomaly on a photograph or, or a video clip or an audio clip. It's just it's another piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And so many times people will have a personal encounter that will correlate to a specific piece of data that we capture. And whenever yeah. you can get that uh, happening, it's more pieces of the puzzle that you can put together. Yeah. So, so um, if somebody is like, you know, are there people, of, of course, people experience psychosis, right? Right. You, you right. know, um, there are people that have uh, legitimate schizophrenia where they're, they're hearing and seeing things that aren't there. Um, how do you differentiate between um, whether somebody's experiencing something that's some sort of um, hallucination or something versus something that's actually real? Uh, is What part of your process, um, you know, breaks that down for somebody who calls up and says, hey, I've I want to know what's going on here. This is an excellent question. This would probably more or less fall into the private residence category. And so we are very selective when taking on clients for private residence case studies because of this. We won't take on case studies if someone's dealing with a physical illness or a mental illness or if a member of the family that lives there doesn't want us there. So there's a lot of factors that go into whether we take on a case or not. And uh a lot of it is determined in the client interview. I mean, if you you can kind of tell when someone's not really mentally there. Mm. We do ask questions pertaining to medication, and of course, everything's confidential between us and the client. So we do have a reason why we ask: Are you on certain medications? Because medications have side effects, sure. and you know, hallucinations can be one of those. But it's an individual. Uh, individual basis and you can we can just kind of tell and i have a little bit of a psychological background um but we can pretty much tell when someone is really not really there mentally versus someone who's seems like their head is screwed on tight you know they're they're working and and they're out in the workforce they seem to be mentally and physically stable but, yeah so it's just kind of it's hard to 
exactly because with each person it's different but it's just a lot of it's common sense and then just kind of what we're getting on the client through the interview interview process process. right now um do you ever do anything with uh things like near-death experiences do do people ever talk to you about that sort of a thing where they have like an out-of-body experience or something like that do you do research on those sorts of things also we a little bit yeah we've had clients that have had uh, near-death experiences and a lot of times with those clients that have had near-death experiences or ndes Mm -hmm. similar to like an out-of-body experience if you will in in our we see a theme with those types of clients and that once the nde happens that particular individual is more open to the spirit realm Mm -hmm. so we've heard from a lot of people that prior to that near-death experience they really weren't having a lot of experiences whether it be auditory or visual but then after the nde all of a sudden their their spirit senses if you will have opened up so Mm -hmm. we see that that theme as well which okay, is which is yeah, it's really interesting. Um, and then uh, we're we're coming up on a break here, but I wanted to ask you if if the country the or like the USA is different than say another country like Africa or a country in Europe or South America. If in your experience there's a difference in the spiritual activity or the spiritual level or or whatever that might be. But uh, when we come back, my my guest today is author Nicole Strickland. And uh, she's a paranormal researcher, and uh, she's actually founded uh, here in San Diego, the San Diego Paranormal Research Society. So she's been doing this for 20 years. Stay with us. We're going to talk a little bit um, in the next segment about worldview. You know, uh, how does your your viewpoint um, change things as far as a biblical worldview? Uh, She she is a spiritualist uh, kind of background. And so we'll talk dialogue a little bit about that, and I'll ask her some more questions, and uh, you can hear her perspective on things. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Marissa Conover, and I would love to help you buy or sell your home. I've worked as a realtor for more than 13 years, and as a San Diego native, my passion and experience will help make your move as peaceful as can be. Call me at 619-251-1577. That's 619-251-1577. Or visit conoverhomes.com. Okay, you're on Educate for Life Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's educateforlife.org. If you want to check it out, I have all kinds of resources on my website, uh, classes you can take that pertain to all the different big questions about life. Why are we here? Where are we going? Where did we come from? Um, how do different worldviews contrast with the Christian worldview? So we have classes on Islam and what Islam believes about um, the spiritual world. We have classes on Buddhism and then we have uh, all kinds of things about, okay, how do we know that God exists? How do we know that the spiritual world exists? These are all big questions people want the answers to. So you can check it out on my website, educateforlife.org. And uh, I'm, I'm super excited here to have Nicole Strickland on my program. I've never had somebody who's a paranormal researcher on my show before. And um, 
I think it's just super interesting. She's been doing this for 20 years. Her website is authornicolestrickland.com. And Nicole, um, before we got off the air, I was asking you, um, does it make a difference based on where you are in the world uh, as far as how people, uh, at the level of spiritual activity, or even, I, I'd say, different places in San Diego County even? I think uh, there's a cultural impact. So, I mean, in, in a religious too, if, if we go to a certain country and there there are, if they have like a certain religious disposition or belief about spirits, that's going to play into into the research, of course. But I think it just depends too on on the location. I mean, a lot of cities like San Diego is just so historically, you know, rich, and so I think there's a, a correlation with with history and the events that have happened in that city, and that can help determine, you know, so the, the city, haunting foundation. If a city is older, like I mean, a lot of European countries, right? Very very old cities. Does that impact, uh, in your view, the? I think so because you know the longer a city exists and the more events that happen there, whether they're tragic events or, or happy events, yeah, the more of a foundation is laid for paranormal type of activity. Is is your viewpoint that the the more tragic events that happen, the more a, a ghost is going to end up staying behind for some reason to resolve uh, something? I think yes. I do think that there is a correlation with not just tragic events. Pretty much, if you if you think about various human emotions, whether there's euphoria, sadness, anger, uh, tragedy. So all of those play into haunting. So that's why a lot of places like amusement parks, museums, libraries, if you will, hospitals, uh, historical like battlefields, for example, that's why a lot of those are known for their paranormal activity just because of the events that have happened in the mm. past. Okay. So it almost leaves like a like a footprint or an imprint, like a psychic imprint on the property. Mm. So So we had somebody text in, uh, we have a question from Robert that he wanted to ask you, do you have any experience with possessions? And I, I assume he's coming from a uh, Judeo-Christian background. He's thinking of some sort of like a demonic possession or something in that sense. So I have not personally, and my the San Diego Paranormal Research Society elects not to take on cases of true malevolent emphasis. We do have a few people that we will consult with if someone does email us. Uh, this is my opinion. Some will agree with me, some won't, and that's absolutely fine. But I think that, again, the majority of the spirit world, if you will, is pretty benign curious it's 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 not going to harm you uh there have been cases true cases of people i think being possessed and though i think that true cases of that are far and few between very rare you know a lot of people may think that they have a possession but is it something external in their life Hmm. like a mental illness or a physical illness or an emotional disturbance of some sort that so they in a sense are blaming it on the paranormal but yet they have to look inward and they have to look at themselves and analyze their life so i think a lot of cases of alleged demonic possession may not even be demonic possession whatsoever but mm. it something in that person's life yeah so so from you know from a christian perspective where i'm coming from from like a bible believing perspective you know that the metaphysics of christianity is you know there's god right. there are uh, demons who are basically fallen angels that have rejected God. They don't, right. they don't want, to, they, they follow Lucifer. Mm-hmm. And then there's 
there's angels that still follow God, Michael the Archangel and so right. forth. And then uh, biblically and, and from a Christian perspective, uh, Jesus Christ being the Son of God, there's power in the name of Christ, these sorts of things. Generally, the the dialogue is or, or the metaphysics is that when a person dies, they are then going to end up going to heaven or they're going to go to hell based on uh, – you know whether they they made a decision to to trust God, Christ with their salvation and so forth. How do angels and demons and God? How does that all fall into your metaphysics uh, from from your perspective? Um, are angels? Is it the same concept within like within biblical Christianity and demons? Is that the same concept or is it a different thing? I think. I mean there could be five people in this room and they all have a different answer. I mean, because I'm more or less a spiritualist. I, I mean, I, for me, I just think it's, it's hard for me to answer that because I'm, for me, I'm more of a spiritualist. So I don't necessarily, not that I don't believe in it, but I don't necessarily adopt exactly like verbatim what the Bible is saying regarding angels and demons. I don't adopt that verbatim what's said in there and apply it to my paranormal research not that I, you know, I'm dissing the Bible, so no, to speak. No, no, no I but know, I just, but it's, it's, I'm just curious to see how it fits in with your worldview as far as like, so you told me that a ghost is like a person that is not left yet, right? So we think, yes. Or, or so, so you yeah. think, yeah, I, I know you, so what would an angel be in, in your mind? What is, is that a person that's become a angel or what, what is that? I think there's different cla- there are different classifications for angels, but in my view, an angel is uh, a true angel is, is a non-living entity, meaning that it, it this person not for, not person, but this entity has never had like a human body, mm, has okay. never once lived, but is somehow a different entity that can kind of mesh with the living world or the spirit world, but there are different classes. I mean, there's different types of angels and everyone has a different view of exactly what an angel is. Some people may believe that when a person dies and that person becomes spirit, if you will, uh, they question if that person becomes spirit, can that individual then evolve to angel status? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Some people have that belief, but it's just, it's, it's more along the lines of like what you individually believe. I see. Yeah. And then, and then do you believe in God, like uh, a a God figure or what is your view on that? I do believe that there is a greater good out there. I do believe, and this is more or less my belief. uh, I do think that there's a God in every single one of us. I think, like I said earlier, I believe in the concept of of universal consciousness and collective consciousness. I believe that all of us here, you, me, everyone, mm. people in Africa, people on all the continents, we're all connected somehow. We're all one somehow. Mm. And I believe that there is a, a greater good and you know a greater power that exists in all of us. Yeah. But some some people tap into it, others don't. But think about it, if everyone could tap into that, like what we could see, what yeah. changes we could see for mm. the better in this in this world. So yeah, and so um, do you believe in like a heaven and hell also, or do you believe in reincarnation, or what? What is your position? I do believe in reincarnation. Absolutely, I you know, and I'm more inclined to to go to think that when people pass. Maybe they have some work that they have to do for certain things that happened in their life. But I do really strongly, I would like to believe that we all evolve to a really 
a good place, whatever that may be. Maybe it's the next stage in our our living. Maybe it's the next stage in, in what we're supposed to do. I, I, I believe that before we were born, we had lives before past lives, and I believe in future lives. So I think it's just kind of an um, evolving. So we pass on from this realm, and for it's an individual basis. So we pass on from this realm, and we go to where we're supposed to be. That's just kind of my... Gotcha. My belief. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're, we're running up out of time here. So, Nicole, I just really wanted to thank you for being on the program today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. love dialoguing with, with uh, different people and meeting different people and hearing their experiences. So, absolutely. Yeah, this has been really great. Thank awesome. you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. For those of you listening, um, if you didn't get to listen to the whole program, it'll be up on YouTube. It'll be up on Periscope and Facebook. And I just want to encourage you, you know, we're all trying to figure out spirituality that we're, we're trying to figure out, hey, what is the meaning of my life? Why, do, why am I here? What's my purpose? Why do I exist? You know, what are ghosts? What's going on in the spiritual world? And the Bible has a ton to talk about on those particular subjects. If you're looking for guidance on that, my website's a great resource for you. Uh, that's educateforlife.org. And uh, you know that the Bible says, uh, your word is a lamp unto to my feet and a light unto my path. And a lot of times it's easy to get confused about um, you know, what's the next decision I need to make here? Where, you know, what, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? And so um, the Bible's got uh, all these great answers for you to check out and look into. And I just really encourage you to spend the time. It's worth your time uh, to get to know what the Word of God has to say. So God bless you, and I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Bye-bye. Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry, we're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit EducateForLife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-9719 or email KevCon at EducateForLife.com. That's K-E-V-C-O-N at EducateForLife.com. You will always be much more to me Every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right But that's alright Cause I